Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today we're answering the question, what is the ideal schedule for top producing real estate agents or those who are hoping to become top producing real estate agents? And as Julie, as I was reading over your notes this morning, I was thinking about Zoe, our daughter, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I said, uh, I said our daughter, not for the sake of Julie remembering that she's our daughter, (laughs) but for the sake of you who might be listening. We have a kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I mean, so she gets up every morning at 6 a.m., Yes, you know, and then she goes through the, she has a very, you know, her, her whole day is basically half hour or hour increments the entire day. She actually gets a ton of things done. It's incredible when yeah, I think about it. She does. And you, uh, or rather she and I were talking last night and she was, um, telling me about all the things that she does during the course of a day. And I asked her how many hours that she's at school. And she says like, I'm at seven hours. And if I do aftercare, it's even seven and a half hours. And, and I was just thinking about how regimented her day is, and she's only 10. It's super regimented. It, it is. And, and so the reason I'm sharing this with you guys is a lot of you have kids, so you know what I'm talking about. But the moral of the story is there was a time in your lives when you all had schedules, and the bell would denote when you were supposed to go from one activity to the next. And, and, you, and you just did it. And you just did it. You didn't question it. And you got a hell of a lot more done. You remember the days when you were able to, when you were in school and there were actually deadlines, you get the paper mm-hmm. done on this time, you have a test at this time. And then as soon as we, a lot of us make the unfortunate mistake as we get older, we forget the, the essentially the high level value of having a schedule. You get more done at a high level and the test or the output is actually holding you accountable. And even worse, if you decide to be self-employed, if you decide to be a real estate agent, now you all of a sudden have nobody holding you accountable. Most people get real estate licenses. If you ask them, they want a sense of freedom. Well, define what that means. I don't want a boss. (laughs) You know, I don't want to have a schedule. I don't want to be told what to do. Exactly. And I want unlimited amounts of money. Well, it is very easy for you to accomplish not having a boss as soon as you get your real estate license. And Frankly, you know, you can't control your schedule, but the unlimited amounts of money or even any money at all, it's always going to be elusive to you. So I want you to consider the fact that all top producing folks in life, that does not matter what, you know, what industry, what mm-hmm. anything, they're all following a schedule. Now, as you become uh, more financially free, I will say, your schedule can start to evolve and change. But the challenge that most people have with a schedule is that it does take discipline and it is most of the time, it's just the very definition of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And most days you're going to follow a schedule and you're going to feel like you just grinded it out all day and you're not necessarily going to have anything to show for it because our minds want us to see ever increasing levels of success happen like 10 times a day. Instant gratification. Exactly. And, and the harder the goal is to accomplish, the, the bigger it is and the more impactful it will be on your life. Frankly, the big the, there's going to be a bigger chasm of time between you when you choose to set that goal and when you actually see the benefits of it. In some cases, that chasm of time can go decades. You know, when Julie and I got married, we've been married for how many years this year, Julie? 33. 
That's right. She said 32 the other day. <laughs> 33 years the other uh, this year. And I remember when we first got married, one of our goals was to be financially free. And we are in our early 20s. Be financially free where we could live off the cash flow from paid off rental properties by the time I was 40 and she was uh, 39. Now, it took us a year longer. I was 41 and she was 40, but we actually accomplished the goal. Well, you know, income, or I'm sorry, property taxes go up, maintenance upkeep. Well, it turns out we need more rental properties, you know, and then thank God we discovered EXP revenue share and our coaching business took off and our publishing business took off and some of our investments started to work out. Here's the reason I'm telling you all this. It took decades for us to get to the point where we're actually financially free, truly financially free. It took over 20 years. Um, and unless you're going to win the lottery or you're going to have some sort of IPO or something like that's going to, you know, rain uh, unimaginable wealth on you. Everything that's worth having that you're really trying to accomplish, again, being financially free, is going to take a long time. And the way to get there is following what will often feel like a very boring daily schedule. Very well put. Thank you for that uh, introduction to this topic that I do think can intimidate agents sometimes. I think they go one of two directions. They don't schedule enough, and it's completely amoebas all the time because of what you said, don't like being told what to do, or they try a schedule, but they overdo it and it frustrates them and then they want to get away from the schedule. So this podcast series today and tomorrow is to help you sort out what is actually critical to do in your schedule. Well, that, right? So what is actually critical to do in your schedule? In other words, you might have something that resembles a schedule on the daily minimum standards type thing, which we are huge advocates of, but the things you're actually doing are not going to move you towards your goal. And so I want you to really be honest with yourself as we're going through these uh, these points today and tomorrow. Are the activities that you're doing today going to result in you helping somebody and making money in the next 60 to 90 days? Now, just that... That basic of a rule, the activity you're about to do, make a TikTok video or pick up the phone and call for sale by owner, which is more, more likely to put money in your pocket and put you in a position to help people in the next 60 to 90 days? It should be obvious to all of you. So do more of the thing that's going to get you closer to the goal and less of the thing that's going to be speculative that you're just essentially doing to fill your day because you think that's what it's going to take for you to be successful in real estate. That's exactly right. So what a great filter to put it through. Is it leading you to an actual transaction? Well, what do all successful realtors have in common? They don't just have a schedule, they follow it, but it's not what you think. It's not a matter of scheduling every minute with a task or grinding out relentless cold calls. The daily success schedule of top producing agents is all about having daily minimum standards, as Tim just mentioned, that are related directly to profit and being relentless about them. In our two-part podcast series, we're going to show you what they do so you can follow the same plan and find success faster. And if you have any question as to whether this works or not, all you have to do is go to our coaching sessions with our premier coaching clients because they talk about what they do all the time. I'm going to take a half step back. Sure. So the whole point of having a schedule, especially um, on the days where you don't really have anything to show for your effort that particular day, is the feeling of accomplishment at the end of the day. The feeling of accomplishment will essentially feed your desire to follow the schedule again the next day. So let's just say you're starting out uh, following a schedule and a lot of your schedule is doing the things you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level. Depending on your resistance to actually doing those things will determine how long it's going to take you to actually start doing those things at a high level. So for example, if you are making a, you complete your real estate treasure map, which is your fill in the blank business plan, which we give you for free when you join Premier Coaching, just go to premiercoaching.com or scroll down below and just click the link to join Premier Coaching. And Premier Coaching is your A to Z complete real estate system. It's great for new agents. It's great for agents who want to build a team. It's great for agents who even want to build expansion teams, the whole thing. Premier Coaching has been proven to work for decades 
decades. We're constantly evolving at constantly changing its scripts, its presentations, its lead generation. It's everything you possibly can imagine you need for your real estate business. Scroll down below, click the link below. By the way, our notes for today's show are also there, or just go to premiercoaching.com. But what you're going to learn in Premier Coaching after you finished your real estate treasure map are there, there really only are a small handful, five or less things that you have to get really good at in the real estate business. And once you're really good at those things, you can actually, believe it or not, not even do the other activities, or you can easily delegate them, for example, to our our, our show sponsor. Oh, what was it? Yes. That's, I just read it. And you yeah, just you did just that. read it exactly. Our, our show sponsor. So yeah, you can delegate your uh, you know your your more menial tasks to our show sponsor, which is squaredaway.com. GoSquaredAway.com. And you can even put slash Harris. Yeah, GoSquaredAway.com go uh, forward slash Harris. So the moral of the story is the activities that are going that you need to master that you should not delegate. Well, if you do eventually delegate some of these activities, make sure you don't abdicate. In other words, delegate them, but make sure they're being done at a high level. But the first one's going to be proactive lead generation, then pre-qualifying, then presenting, then negotiating, then closing. And Julie always says, and she's right, furiously fast lead follow-up. And the point being is that if you get good at those activities, you get really good at proactive lead generation. Proactive lead generation means you're not buying your leads. Proactive lead generation means you're putting yourself in a position where you're having a direct conversation with someone that might buy or sell real estate with you. Proactive lead generation means that you're going to make money, right? Then you have to get good at pre-qualifying. It's not a good enough just to generate a lead by itself. A, a lead is someone who's pre-qualified and it has, you've vetted them. You know what their motivations are, their timeframes, whether they actually have the ability to transact. A pre-qualified lead has value. Just the lead that you stick in your CRM has no value. That's just a contact. That's Ex not even a lead. Exactly. People are very confused about that. I have 1,200 people in my CRM. I have 1,200 you know, leads in my CRM. You don't. You just have basically some raw data. Yeah, That's all you book. have. Right. Call those people. And then you have to learn how to present. Now, presenting to buyers and presenting to sellers. Obviously, presenting to buyers is becoming more formal with the changes that are happening in our industry. You can learn it. Don't be intimidated by it. Negotiating is something that, frankly, in a market like this is relatively straightforward because you know it's still very much a seller's market in most markets. Uh, and then closing. And closing is essentially the logical end to a good presentation uh, and doesn't require a lot of stress or you know nobody's shining bright lights in anybody's faces. Mm -hmm. It's just the natural end, sign here, please. And then obviously, furiously fast lead follow-up. If you get really good at those activities, dear listener, really good at those activities, I got great news for you. The other things that everyone's telling you that you need to get really good at, you can just d decide not to do it, completely delegate it because that's you know, a lot of the other things, the marketing, the branding, and the social networking, and the video creation, and the, all the rest of it, all that stuff is easily delegated. But you, those things are optional because a lot of you are saying, oh my gosh, Tim, how am I going to build my brand? You're going to build your brand because you got really good at proactive lead generation. You got really good at pre-qualifying. You got really good at presenting. You got really good at negotiating. You got really good at closing. In other words, your brand is all the for sale signs that are all over the community. All the sold signs. All this, oh, yes. All the sold signs. That's right. And all the happy buyers. That's your brand. Your brand is actually not built on a, you know, what was that, um, that, that thing from that Christmas movie you and Zoe love? Uh, the Big Elf. What's oh, his name? Buddy. It's, it's built buddy, the, on oh, a... Well, <laughs> you, you sit on a, on a, on a tower of lies. Yeah. So it's act, your, your brand actually is from actually having done the work, actually help people buy or sell real estate, actually do, produce the result. That's what your brand is built on, not based on it's a bunch of... It's not made up brand. It's not made up. You know, some yeah. it, it is funny, and I'll let you get back to point two, but it is interesting to me that people logically know that when someone says, like, what you really want, guys, is you want a great reputation. 
That's what you truly want. You want a great reputation being able to get results for your buyers and sellers. But the word branding has sort of somehow uh, obscured really what reputation used to mean. Because why? Because branding is something that you can spend money on and you can fool yourself into believing you're building a brand. Reputation is something you have to earn. There are no shortcuts to having a great reputation. What you want is a great reputation. You will build your brand, if you want to call it that, from actually having done the real work. You don't conflate the two. Don't flip those two in your mind. Because otherwise, you're frankly going to make it so that you might not ever accomplish what it is that you're, set, you're setting yourself out to accomplish. Because you put too many obstacles in the way because you didn't listen to what I just said with regards to the activities that are the most important for you to master in real estate. Well, you said a whole lot right there, so I hope all of you were picking up all of that wisdom. If not, you can hit the rewind button and re-listen. So again, all of this points back to your schedule, not just having one, but following one and making sure that it is doing the things, as Tim said, that actually make a difference, that actually lead to transactions. Point number one, use and update your visual accountability whiteboards every day. This is how you know if you are on track ahead or behind. Now, you should be tracking all of the following. I'm going to name them off, but they will be based on your goals as a result of the real estate treasure map. Tim just told them, told you all how to get your real estate treasure map. You're going to be tracking visually your leads, your active listings, your buyers, ideally who are in buyer agency with you, your pending closings, and your closed transactions. And I put those in order for a reason. Every buyer or seller starts out as a lead, then they become either an active listing or an active buyer, or in some cases, both your listings that will also buy, et cetera. And then they become a pending and then they go on your closed board. This is the only way you will know if you are on track ahead or behind. Every single one of my elite coaching clients is the first thing that we do. We do a quick three minute review because they can look at it right in front of them. How are we doing? You know, your goal is to have five actives at all times. Okay, you have three. Do you have any coming soon? I've got two coming soon. When are they going to be there? Does that mean you're on track ahead or behind? The only way you'll know is if you're tracking it daily. So point number two with your schedule, you're going to review your finances every day. Use mint.com as your dashboard of key performance indicators known as KPIs. That's your savings, your checking, your credit cards, investment accounts, investment properties, and everything else financial. You can see those easily using mint.com, which I'm pretty sure is free. This includes your credit scores as well as your upcoming bills and actual budget. The reason that this is part of the schedule is because it is the point of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is because you are either on, you are either spending more or earning more today based on your actions. Well, her point, by the way, it's about to become creditkarma.com, not meant, oh, but that's okay. Mint, right? yeah, no, yes. Same company, just different ah, name. Gotcha. So right. Every, every single day you have a cost of living. You have a daily cost to function your family or you individually, or you and your dog, right? If you divide up how much money you have to spend per month, to pay all of your bills, uh, and then obviously divide by the number of days in the month, you're going to come up with how much money you need to earn that particular day. Now, the question you have to ask yourself is, did you uh, make any money that uh, particular day? Did you sure. make, you know, how did you actually do? Did you cover your uh, cost? Did you uh, make profit? What was your actual running net profit when you factor in all your expenses? Now, maybe if you're running expenses on your business, you need to do that too. So some of you, most of you can pay your personal bills on between 10 and 15 grand. If you're living in someplace more rural, it's going to be half that. And then you add any business expenses, divide that by 30. That's how much money you have to earn every single day. It's so, a daily profit and loss, literally. And I, I'll tell you the other reason I like uh, Mint or what will soon be Credit Karma and know they're not a sponsor is because of the fact that you can monitor to see if there's any new charges 
or uh, anything going on with any of your accounts. And I mean, Julie and I, it was not that long ago, we had somebody that basically had uh, gotten into Julie's email and did the most elaborate scam to try to steal money from one of our accounts you can possibly imagine. They were communicating without us knowing it directly with the bank through Julie's actual email. Um, and they even got to the point where they were filling out forms found on a email that was in or found on a form that was in one of her emails, uh, her actual signature, and was literally about to transfer a low six-figure sum out of one of our accounts. Um, and the whole thing looked legitimate. The bank was yep. about to do it, but Julie had a, uh, a password. A verbal the, password. A verbal password. And they called and they said, uh, this is what, you know, we're about to transfer this, just letting you know. And Julie's like, what? <laughs> oh, really? And she didn't yeah. know any of this was going nope. on. I mean, so, you know, Mint in that particular example wouldn't have saved her. But just keeping in mind how sophisticated a lot of the scams have gotten out there, yes. the Mint is a great way. But really, the the real reason we want you to use it is because we want you always to be remem- reminding yourself that you're in business to make a profit. At the end of the day, your uh, product from your real estate business, any business, by the way, is profit. So I know you guys are going to say, well, if I ask you what your product is, you're going to say happy customers, sold houses, and all those things are true. But at the end of the day, the one thing that you need if you want to actually stay in business is profit. You need to pay your personal bills, pay your work, you know, your, your uh, business bills. And if without profit, you're not paying anything, right? So keep that in mind and keep yourself, don't allow yourself to hide from finances because when you're looking at numbers, and if it gives you a little bit of anxiety, as it used to with Julie and I, that's good. Use that anxiety to uh, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. So if you're feeling a little anxious because your numbers aren't the way you want them to look, well, you know what you have to do. Ask yourself, I need to make no- uh, money in the next 60 to 90 days. What are the activities that I should be doing? And the interesting thing is if I were to reverse that question and I were to say, if you had to uh, you know, take five listings in the next 60 days, what would you stop doing, right? That's an interesting question because all of you know the answer. And the unfortunate truth is you would stop doing most of the things that you're doing because you know those things aren't going to generate profit or any transactions that fast. So stop doing those things maybe forever and lean into the things that you know will get you paid in the next 60 to 90 days. I want you to really take on that level of responsibility. That message isn't for everyone. You have to have a certain level of, you know, frankly, sick of your own Mickey Mouse and BS to actually be open and receptive to that message. You really do. Absolutely. It's accountability at the end of the day. It's accountability to your own financial well-being. Well, it's accountability to the fact that you have been avoiding doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do at the highest level, and you're sick of your own BS, and you're finally going to decide to just do it. It's true. You know, I just had a flashback to a coaching call I had uh, once with a very successful, I would say top producing agent in the Northeast who had a bad habit of hiding out from their finances. And as it turns out, doing the treasure map, discovered an account that had been sitting there with over $100,000 in it. But because this person had not logged in any time in the past, I think it was like 18 months since they looked at that account, had just forgotten about it. So, you know, you don't have to be somebody that's living on the edge to be hiding out from your finances. Some of, the, some of you that are doing very well are just not used to being accountable at that higher level. So that's why in the schedule is point number two, review your finances every day. And again, using mint.com is a great way to see them all at once. That's why we like that. Again, they're not a sponsor. We just like them. We use them personally. So point number three. All right, here's where the proactive part comes in. Make contact, which is a conversation with a decision-making adult about real estate, with at least the same number of people as transactions you must do this year. 
For example, if you must close 20 transactions to meet or exceed your goals, and again, that's the starting point. We'll talk about how to modify that in a second. If you've got to close 20 deals to meet or exceed your goals this year based on your treasure map, you have to do 20 actual contacts daily to meet that goal. Now, you can adjust accordingly as your skills increase. Focus on people who are most likely to sell. So I have an example in here. How in the world are you going to make 20 contacts a day? Well, existing listing leads that you just need to close for an appointment, that should be your first call, expired listings for sale by owners, probate, relocation, past clients, referrals. Now, note to self, just listed and just sold calls, or what some of you call circle prospecting, don't count as contacts unless they are directly around your own listings or sales. Now, let me jump in there. So she was giving you essentially, like say for example, you only, most of you only really need to sell 10 houses or 15 houses or, yeah. I mean, you know, just adjust accordingly. But where you evolve with this is you go then to, you start out, Julie is giving you a lot of frankly easier types of calls to make, just listed, just sold, those types of things. Where you evolve to is the net magic number of uh, listings that you need at all times to meet, your finan meet or exceed your financial goals. That's the number of contacts you need yes. every day. So you're going to complete the real estate treasure map. You're going to join Premier Coaching for free, premiercoaching.com. And then what you're going to do is you're going to do the treasure map and you're going to realize you need five or six listings at all times to meet or exceed your financial goals. So if you had six listings at all times in most of the country, these are actives, not pendings. You're going to pretty much constantly have two or three of those that are going to sell per month. That's just on the listing side. So that means the number of contacts that you need to make every day is going to be commensurate the same as the number of listings that you need at all times. Now, the problem with that is, is if you are making six contacts, but your contacts are terrible, in other words, you're not very effective at it, you're not truly doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, that's not going to work for you. Then you got to lean back into doing the bulk contacts like what Julie said. But the moral of the story is, this is work. I know some of you are thinking right now, I'm reading all of your minds. <laughs> you're saying, Tim, why would I do this? 20 contacts, 15 contacts. Oh my, I can do a video and I can get you know 60 people that are going to watch it because it's not the same. We're telling you, you know, 60 people watching your video is not the same as contacting, say, 15 people that have already self-identified in many cases of wanting to buy or sell real estate. Don't you guys see the obvious truth? You're avoiding the real work of real estate because it requires skill, because it might require a little bit of rejection, because it's going to require you moving past your ego. But once you do, everything you want is on the other side of that decision to finally get sick of your own BS. And I know that some of you are listening right now. And it's told my, what I'm saying is resonating with you. We've had billions of coaching clients mm -hmm. that have heard us say that message in the past. There will become a, a point in your life when you're sick of being sick of the you know, compromises, the shortcuts, the hacks, the easy buttons. You're going to be sick of the compromises, again, using that word, that you've been making because those compromises have compounded. The hacks in your life have compounded and you will finally say as enough is enough. By the way, that's what I was talking with Zoe about last night. Oh, that's you're, interesting. You're asking me what I was talking I want to, to hear about. about that. Yeah, I will. I'll yes. tell you after the. Pod. But that's also why people get into coaching is when they reach that uh, point. And I hope that some of you listening don't have to wait until you have your butt kicked on a listing appointment that you thought that you had in the bag, or all of your buyers have ghosted you because you failed to find inventory. All of these things are happening. I know because we hear it from the coaches. I'll give an example, actually. Um, Bob McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I coached Bob. Now, this is a long time ago. He's not I an actor. I remember him. This he, is a great example. Yeah. Well, he's, he was a great guy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I know he's still successful because I see him on Instagram. Yes. So anyway, he was, I think I coached him for maybe two years from like, uh, and then I coached him, no, three years accumulatively, I think. Anyway, so I started coaching him when he was in his late 30s. 
And Bob, I would say, was at best an average agent. And he certainly wasn't what I would call a very, I mean, he'd show up to the coaching calls and be enthusiastic. He's kind of like, you know, sort of do his homework. He'd sort of be, you know, really focused on the call, sort of doing, you know, just average. He was just kind of muddling through life, not really. Now, here's what happened. He turned 40. And I honestly, I, I mean, I'm remembering this, right? Like it was today. I have never seen anybody do such a, an abrupt change in his approach or her approach to life that he did. So as soon as he turned 40, some magical switch flipped in his brain. And I swear to you, he became a completely different person. He would show up having actually made his contacts, having taken a listing, and his income and his success level blew through the roof at a rate that it's almost like he was just getting ready to get started for like two or three years. And as soon as he hit 40, that was a starter pistol. And then he's just, you know, obviously done very well ever since then. Well, I mean, for, since the last time I talked to him, I think he's doing quite well. Yes. Moral of the story is he got sick of his own bullshit. And a lot of you guys are going to get to the same point if you've not gotten there already. And I promise you the only way to really get past it is to accept the fact that you want ever-increasing levels of success in your business and personal life. You have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Over time, and like I said, over time could be a long damn time. Be patient. Don't give up. Then what's going to happen is you're going to start to pivot. And you're going to start to be able to do, do more of what you want to do when you want to do it. <laughs> with at, people you want to do it with. Right. With You're going to start choosing yeah. who you spend your time yeah. with at whatever the hell level you want to. Mm -hmm. So you're going to actually start, you know, you could call it freedom. That's certainly how, you know, what Julie and I refer to it as. But you're going to start actually getting to the point where you can start controlling your own life, your own time. Um, and maybe at that point, you don't want to have such a regimented day. I will strongly encourage those of you who get there or there now, don't give up on the daily minimum standards because you can actually then retrace your success and you can start losing what you've built. But keeping all of that in mind, look for that switch. How many of you are right there ready to flip it? What are you waiting for? And you don't have to have a big birthday to do it. You could decide yeah. that today is your hard reset. I, you know, we have friends at the gym who had a very rough start to this year. They had like the world's most awful January. And they decided to declare February 1st their New Year's Day because they just, they didn't want to feel like that's how the whole year was going to go. That's okay for all of you listening. You can declare your own personal holiday, your own, you know, half birthday, whatever it takes for you to flip the switch like Bob did. And I remember that because he turned into an all-out listing machine. He it did. It was unbelievable. He did. We've had other clients yeah. that have certainly done that too. He's just the most obvious because, you know, you'd had so many calls with him. Well, it was the behavioral change was just profound. There's no yes. other way to express it's very it. very clear. Yeah. So if point number four, furiously fast lead follow-up on 100% of your leads, 100% of the time with no exceptions or excuses. This must be part of your daily schedule. When you do this, you won't have to spend that much time on it because you'll always be updated. You'll always be caught up with your leads. You'll be setting appointments. If you're a Premier Coaching member, you can review the 18 Relentless Lead Follow-Up Rules. We have a lot of uh, coaching on that. But the reason that this is in the schedule is because so many times agents will say, I have a lead, I have a lead generation problem. And then the coach will dive into it. And as it turns out, they're sitting on you know at least a handful of leads. You probably do have a lead generation challenge. But you might also have a lead follow-up challenge, and it doesn't make sense to, you know, pile something new on to learn if you already have people that you should be having appointments with. All right, Julie Harris, I'm going to ask you some Tim and Julie Harris trivia. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Where Go did ahead. we get furiously fast lead follow-up? I, I don't know. 
Okay. Do you remember in Georgetown? We used was to it the sub place, the Furiously do? Fast? Yes. I can't remember the name of it now, but their motto was Furiously Fast. It was a sub shop that was, I don't know, like three miles away from our house in two major big intersections. And I swear to you, as soon as you ordered the subs, they would deliver, right? It's almost like you hung up the phone and they were on your doorstep. I have no idea how they did that. It was not being delivered by drones, but somehow it's like they had a magic way of doing it. This needs to be you in real estate. Don't sit on your leads. Some of you did open houses two weeks ago and those people haven't heard from you yet. Why? Because in your head, you're saying, oh, I already have too many buyers. Well, how many of them have homes to sell? Well, you don't know because you haven't called them yet. Yeah. Don't talk about subs. It'll make us want bread. I'm hungry. All right. Yeah, exactly. So See what number, you did? No. Point number five, and then uh, we'll wrap so we can go get lunch. All right. So point number five, show gratitude overtly to those you care about. Why is this in the schedule? Well, it's important that you start your day out right saying, I love you, giving hugs and kisses. Then write and send at least five thank you or congratulations cards to past clients or people in your sphere. Use social media for ideas about who got a promotion or had a kid get married or graduate. This is important on two levels. With regards to the first part where you're showing gratitude overtly to your uh, friends and family, people you care about, you need them to be rowing on your side and really feel their support, especially on the tough days in real estate, because that does happen. And then you showing gratitude to past clients, centers of influence, that's your outreach. And I think I want to bring them back to the top of this podcast where you talked a little bit about effort equals results. And so many things in real estate feel like, you know, there's a little bit of effort, some speculation where my results, when you're doing those, uh, you know, acts of gratitude and you're doing your cards, that's effort equals results. You did do something. You did put yourself out there. You did show gratitude and you do it every day. It's going to come back. Well, you show gratitude. I mean, there's no such thing as a person. Everyone does things for their, for their own benefit. Ultimately, that's just the truth. And the interesting thing about gratitude is that even if you wake up in the morning and just for whatever reason, you're not feeling great and you're grouchy and you got some things you have to do that particular day and just the whole thing. If you start showing overt gratitude, even when you don't feel like it, Especially listen, when you don't feel like it. listen, listeners, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level is not just about proactive lead generation. It's also about, you know, I don't feel like showing gratitude towards my, you know, mischievous 10 year old, but I'm going to do it anyway, because I know when I get a hug and a kiss from her and I tell her how much I love her, that I'm going to feel, I'm going to get something for that. And I'm going to give her something for that. And I'm going to train her obviously how to hopefully be a good, you know, parent when she becomes a parent, hopefully many, many moons from now. (laughs) But the moral of the story is, is that there's something magical in showing gratitude towards other things or just being an appreciation for your environment, all your blessings that absolutely completely smothers negativity. I do not do not understand. It has to be on a, sp- a spiritual level because you try to show um, gratitude at the same time and be grouchy. Try it. <laughs> try it. Go. I dare you. Try to basically uh, be in gratitude or be grateful for something or be you know specifically overtly showing gratitude towards somebody and at the same time be in a pissy mood. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can be in the pissiest mood ever and you start basically showing gratitude towards other people or showing just being grateful for something. But showing gratitude is the thing that is going to get, like you can be appreciative of nature and trees and your wonderful home and all the rest of it. But if you go up to somebody and you show them and uh, overtly and demonstratively that show them gratitude, that's going to be the thing that triggers something that's deep in all of our brains that causes all the evil, all the Mickey Mouse, all the static and the noise, 
all of a sudden it just is, it goes that now, if you then are surrounding yourself again with more negative crap, guess what's going to happen? The benefit of the gratitude pill you just took is going to go away. And look, don't say I'm not going to show gratitude towards people because they're not showing gratitude towards me. Right. They need to be trained as well. I mean, we have to train Zoe. Every day. <laughs> yeah, we do. Every so day. you're going to want to show gratitude towards other people. And then in your families, you might end up finding yourself reprogramming everyone's, you know, behavior as in the present, but in generations to come, all of a sudden you become the family, you know, a thousand years from now where everyone every morning gives easy, everyone else a hug and a kiss and shows gratitude. Those are the types of things that when you lock into that type of, dare I say, frequency, not to sound woo-woo, but when you do lock into that, it changes your life permanently. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, around Thanksgiving, we did a show or maybe a podcast series about gratitude, of course, because it was November. And I remember you and I ran into a friend of ours from here. And my point in telling the story is try this out today. Do it tomorrow. Make it a habit of showing gratitude, of saying thanks, of being overt about it. And I, I don't know if you were there or not. You know, it was at Zoe's birthday party. And I ran into our friend Amelia. And I said, Amelia, I, I, let's do lunch or something soon. I really missed hanging out with you. I will never forget something you told me during COVID. And she was like, what? She was just all, what, what could this be? And I, I said, I, I ran into you on the beach. We were both in our workout scrubs, you know, and, and we were talking about how tough it is to be isolated and all that. And Amelia said to me, I know that I'm going to be okay every day if I just make sure I put on my earrings. <laughs> She's like, I, I, I'm not going to let myself go to the point where I, I, I might not see anybody today, but I'm going to at least wear my earrings. And I will never forget that. Because, the, you know, we were all in the depths of not knowing what was going to go on. And when I said that, she just about melted. She gave me the biggest hug, and it was just the tiniest little two sentences of gratitude. So try it out, listeners. It'll make you feel good. It'll make it so that you can face a day that maybe was going to be rough. Maybe you've got a nightmare inspection you've got to deal with. But because you showed gratitude and you did a pattern interrupt to yourself you're going to have a much more successful day. That's how you control your behavior. That's how you control your mindset. That's how you put yourself in a position where you can do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. When you're actually speaking to people that want to say, for example, sell, sell their homes, uh, remove your resistance to thinking that you're like, some of you are, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. I'm soliciting. I don't like when people solicit me. I, I'm, you know, they're asking me to learn scripts and doing all this stuff. It's not natural, not my words, all these things, right? We've heard all these stuff for generations. Here's the moral of the story. You're in a people-helping business. That's the reason we say that to you guys all the time. All you're doing is helping people. And if you're not making enough money, it's because you're not helping enough people, right? So if you're feeling resistance to doing some of the, you know, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, try to essentially dose yourself with a lot of gratitude. And that's going, you know, showing gratitude, like Julie just gave you guys that great example with Amelia. Uh, and then what's going to happen is the natural uh, progression is going to be that energy is going to flow to actually having a conversation with someone who has to sell a home. You guys get it? You might call this mindset, call it whatever you want. I don't know. It's just magical in a way. It's spiritual. So lean into this because it really does help you get through some of the natural resistance that all of us have to doing what we don't want to do and we don't want to do at the highest level. Now, please do show gratitude towards this podcast. How about that for a direct? There you go. <laughs> give us a five-star review on iTunes. Say why you love the podcast. Please give us a five-star review. It truly does help us stay in alignment with what our mission is, which is being of service to all of you. When you guys give us a five-star review and say what you liked about the podcast, what you're doing, 
I know this isn't necessarily, you know, exactly what you're doing, but what you really are doing is showing gratitude towards Julie and I, showing gratitude towards the podcast, and, you know, you're showing other people the way. And that's really, at the end of the day, what we're all about. So, you guys, thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.